Happy Sabbath to every one of you, church. May our mighty God's right hand and his power of the Holy Spirit may abide in every one of your lives. Uh, I would like to take a few minutes to thank you uh, for all what you have done so far to me and to my family. And before that, I would like to extend uh, thanks to all the participants so far today's Sabbath. And my special thanks to uh, Sherilyn, because I was told due to many difficult situation, she did not sing for two years. And she is uh, our family member, and she was raised in our church. But it is very dolorful to see and hear that she couldn't sing for two years. But praise the Lord that um, she made up her mind in spite of so many trials. She decided to sing first after two years to glorify the Lord with us. So, Sherilyn, don't be discouraged. Keep glorifying God because your name is in the book of life. And uh, thank you for your mother who's encouraging and equipping and continue to shine like a star to take Jesus Christ into the church and also to the community. And uh, because uh, I'm just encouraging Sharonin, uh, the others uh, should not feel uh, discouraged, but uh, we also pray for every one of you uh, just to make yourself uh, available to glorify the Lord and lift Jesus on high because he's going to come very soon. Yes. Uh, on behalf of my wife and children, uh, we would like to extend our uh, uh, heartful thanks to every one of you to appreciate uh, my life and God-given ministry. Without you, I am completely empty and vacuum vessel. And thank you so much for all the elders and every one of you uh, for your prayer, for your encouraging uh, uh, words. And I didn't know, even I was there in Elder Carroll's dream, and he was chasing me uh, with all his uh, preparation. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, you are part of our family, and you are part of my life as well. And uh, until God permits, I will extend my 
full attention uh, to all these four congregation. I will never betray you and I will never deny you. Rather, I will uphold you in my prayer and in my ministry that God has bestowed upon me. And I have learned so many lessons from you. I'm motivated and I'm encouraged, not just because of Area 8, but because of you. And uh, as a servant that God has appointed me to serve you, I will extend my uh, full heartfelt duty uh, for you without fail. I pray, Lord, don't make me lazy and make me be available to meet the needs of the church. So thank you so much. And uh, uh, particularly, Sister Stephanie, you don't even encourage yourself to send a text or receive text during Sabbath time. But I think you drove all the way to my humble home to give the gift. And uh, thank you so much. What a beautiful flowers this morning that I am experiencing when we studied uh, about the creation. And I would like to show your gift if uh, anyone has not seen. And uh, this is uh, um, the gift. Very, very beautiful. And thank you so much. And I would like to read uh, your dedication and hard work in the service of God is greatly appreciated. Pastor John Melky from Basildon, Braintree, Chumsford, and Malden congregations, October 2020. Whenever I see this, I can see my face there. And whenever I see my face, I have to see that these four congregations are always before me, not to forget the duty that God has appointed in me to render to you. So I am yours. So you can call me, email me, and you can command me. And so that I will be always ready to serve you. As I said to many people, I am like a menu card. You take whatever you want, and I'm ready to serve because the God who is moving me forward is greater than anybody else in this world. God bless you, and thank you so much for your love. So on behalf of my beloved wife and my son and my daughter, we extend our thanks to every single person who prayed for me, who loved me, and remember me in your uh, personal and family uh, prayers. Okay, now it's a time for God to speak to us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, at this moment, Lord, we come to your holy presence. Thank you so much indeed for this wonderful, dedicated people. But Satan is so angry, Lord. Satan is so angry, like a roaring lion. He is trying to devour at least one person from this four congregation. But dear Lord, we are in unity. We are in one accord. And we want to expose ourselves, our prayer and our unity, so that that lion cannot prevail 
upon any one of us here, oh dear Lord. Please help us, motivate us, and discourage us, uh, um, <coughs> encourage us. Oh Father, we thank you for your presence in this congregation, dear Lord. Motivate us and bring revival and reformation in our lives, dear Lord. Pour out the Holy Spirit upon us so that we will move forward to live a strong, healthy life in Jesus Christ. Even today, dear Lord, as we move on to the fourth section in the book of Joel, speak to us, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our topic today is blessings of a true revival. You know, the book of Joel has two parts. Number one, prophet Joel is trying to open our eyes to see the tree, uh, the herbs, or the people of God, how the locusts have eaten us and left the tree white. And Joel, prophet Joel is really, uh, to me, he's whipping me. Look, look, see. There is disunity. Look and see. There is a lack of commitment. Look and see the situation of the church. And look what is seen and what is not seen. So he's just whipping us in at least a couple of chapters. And he's asking us to open our eyes and see the first part of it that we dealt in the last three Sabbaths. On the other hand, there are another two sections today and the next week that he is bringing blessings to us so that we will not be discouraged. And he's saying, church, we do understand the four kinds of locusts are eating the tree of our mighty God. Church is being ruined by this locust. But remember, if there is a revival in our hearts, if we ask the Lord to revive us through his word, there is a blessing for all of us. And prophet Joel is really motivating us. Never, never give up. Never give up. The days are no longer. Ask and plead for the Holy Spirit to be poured upon us so that our children will stand, our old people will stand, everybody will stand for Christ like a star, shining for his glory. Let me take you to China. You know, we have about 20 million members in Seventh Adventist organization. And nearly 455,000 members in China itself. 455,000 members in China. And there is a particular church which has 7,000 members just in that church in Shenyang. And in fact, the Seventh-day Adventist administrative record says 
that this is the largest congregation in Seventh-day Adventist mission. And I would like to give you a brief history about this church. And in fact, it is not me who is saying, it is the pastor of the church. It is a woman, Pastor Hao Giji. And you know the church, 7,000 members. I couldn't believe it. 7,000 members in that congregation. Hundreds of deacons and, and even 50s of elders to look after this 70 and 7,000 members. You know this woman, pastor, she was a poor woman and she had a small house. And in that house, about 29 years ago, which means 1985, as per her uh, report, in 1985, in her living room, she started a small group with 10 of her family members, just 10 in 1985, with 10 members. And that 10 members now congregating as 7,000 members. I was trying to understand what should be the reason. What's so special in this church? What's so special in that pastor? And as I was trying to read the report from the John Conference, I did understand, you know, right after the service, right after the divine service, you know, we all just say amen and shake their hands and go out. No, they don't. They immediately turn five by five or ten by ten. So they will put hands together and they will have a prayer session right after the divine service. They won't go out immediately. The deaconesses or the deacons will not go and prepare the food immediately. They will just stay there and just pray. Numbers of prayer bands will be there. Lord, please guide us. Please lead us. May this church be like a shining star for you. May the community in China reform and transform by our three angels' messages. They used to pray at least quite a number of minutes after the divine service. That 10 became 20. That 20 became 70. That 70 became 130. That 130 became 280. That 280 became now 7,000. I couldn't believe it. What kind of revival that this Shangyak church, a woman pastor, and it is not only 7,000 congregation, she has, or this church has, 120 church plants. 120 church plants. You know, we have just two church plants along with Basildon and Chelmsford, but this church Although they have 7,000 congregating in one building, but around the area, 120 church plants because of their powerful, prayerful revival. What do we need now? Sister Ellen White speaks to us in the book called True Revival, page 9 and 10. And she says here, a revival of true godliness among ease is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. You know, we have so many needs. But God says here through 
our sister Ellen White. A revival of a true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. To seek these should be our first work. There must be earnest effort to obtain the blessing of the Lord. Not because God is not willing to bestow his blessings upon us, but because we are unprepared to receive it. As soon as we wake up in the morning, we have to believe the first duty of every person who believes in God should seek for the revival. Next page, we will see. And she continues to read it. There are persons in the church who are not converted and who will not unite in earnest prevailing prayer. She says, we must enter upon the work individually. We must pray more and talk less. Iniquity abounds and the people must be taught not to be satisfied with the form of godliness without the spirit and power. I'm not tired of reading. If we are intent upon searching for our own hearts, putting away our sins and correcting our evil tendencies, our souls will not be lifted up unto vanity. Rather, we shall be distrustful of ourselves, having an abiding sense that our sufficiency is of God. Brothers and sisters, there is one thing that we lack. The one thing that God says, this is the greatest need of everything. And this is the thing that we have to seek and search as the first duty. And that is the true revival. That's the true revival. So today, as the fourth fragment of Book of Joel, we would like to see and ponder from the book of Joel, what are the three blessings if we really experience the true revival? Number one, number one, restored lifestyle. Restored lifestyle. You know, first blessings of the true revival. You know, God is asking all of us to seek and search for the true revival. We have to ask ourselves, Lord, please help me to feel that I am revived. Lord, please help me to feel that I am part of family warriors. And when we feel that we are revived, what is the blessings of the true revival? A restored lifestyle. It is not simply a lifestyle, but it is restored lifestyle. Let's see it in Joel chapter 2 verse 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. Do you remember in the first chapter, four kinds of locusts have eaten the people of God. The ignorance of unity, the ignorance of commitment, the ignorance to see the situation of the church, 
and the ignorance of seeing what is sin and not sin. Those locusts. And now God, because through the revival, God is bringing restoration among us. I will restore to you the years that the locust had eaten. That kangaroo worm and caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Our life is not simply a life, but it is restored lifestyle. What do you mean by restored lifestyle? We will not be problem creator, rather problem solver. If we believe that we are living a restored life, we will never be a problem creator, but problem solver. Our life won't be messed up, but our lives will be a message. What is restored lifestyle? We won't be a problem maker. We won't be a troublemaker. We won't bring difficulty and disunity in the church. Rather, we will bring unity. We will bring blessing to the church. We won't be a messed up restored life, but our lives will be message to everybody. And also, we will never entertain sin. If anyone is sinning, we won't entertain people, but we will condemn with humility. That's restored lifestyle. And our lives will never be drained, but our lives will be nourished. Our lives will not be harbored, but rather a commitment to carry it. Joel chapter 2, verse 26 helps us to understand. You will have plenty to eat. That's a restored lifestyle. We will, we will be plenty to eat and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. I don't know how many of you know Elisa Edmonds. Elisa Edmonds in the late 1800, she was a teacher in Philadelphia. And her passion is to encourage young people. They should not be discouraged in the community, or they, they should not be demotivated, or they should not be drifted away in their lives. So she used to go individually after the school and encourage students. And one day, in that school, Philadelphia, she was trying to admonish a rude student. She was trying to encourage him. Just leave all the bad habits. Just be. God is with you. So she was encouraging. You can see in the next picture where she worked. And in that school, after she talked to that rude student, she turned back and walking to her office. And that student took a heavy slate and hit her, hit her at her back. And she got a big wound upon her spine. And she was hospitalized, bedridden for six months, and she was not able to move. And she was trying to move. She wanted to have a fresh air. She couldn't move. And she was every day trying to move her. And very soon, by God's grace, 
she was able to move her leg, move her hands, and she was pleading the doctor, please let me go out for a fresh air. And after a few months, doctor permitted her to go out. And when she came out, she enjoyed the sunshine. She experienced the fresh breeze. And she saw people after a few months, green grass. And she asked for a notepad. And she began to write. And she wrote this song, which is in our hymnal. There is sunshine in my soul today. As she was sitting in the wheelchair, enjoying the sunshine, she, was, she wrote, there is sunshine in my soul today. And it is not only that song she wrote. She wrote three songs which are in our Seventh Adventist hymnal. You know, she also wrote, more, more about Jesus. She's the one who wrote it. Not only that song. She also wrote, 633 in our hymnal. Um, and it says, when we all get to heaven, we will sing and shout when we see Jesus Christ. And she wrote these three marvelous songs and hymnals, which is recorded and added and accommodated in our Seventh-day Adventist hymnal. See, although she was hurt, although she was humiliated by her own student, but still, by God's grace, she was revived and she began to experience and exercise the restored life. Now, no more messed up life, but a message. No more a problem created, but problem solver. No more harbored, rather commitment carrier. No more drained person, but nourished person because the blessings of the revival will make you to walk, will make you to say yes to the commitment, will make you to do anything for the glory of God. One more text, then I will go to the next. Psalms 126, verse 6. It says, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed for sowing will certainly come again with joy, carrying his sheep. What a wonderful text. Sometimes our lives may be in tears. Sometimes our lives may be lack of joy. Sometimes our lives may be embarrassing, but sometimes our lives are really, really passing through some devastating situation. But yet, if you feel revived in Jesus Christ, our lives will be a blessed life a revived and also rested, uh, restored lifestyle. That's number one. And number two, spirit-filled life. If you feel that you are revived, God says, here is the second blessing, a spirit-filled life. It is not only our lives are restored, life and lifestyle, but also spirit, Holy Spirit-filled life. I will pour out my spirit upon all the people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old man will dream dreams. Your young man will see visions. In the name of Jesus, I'm prophesying you that Chelmsford Church, Basildon Church, 
Braintree and Molden Church will experience the power of the Holy Spirit and they will stand like an army and the whole life will be spirit-filled lifestyle. The conversation, the style of conversation that we had before will not be now because in our words, Holy Spirit is there. The way we handle the situation is no more because now everything is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because our lifestyle is Holy Spirit filled life. Peter, Peter denied in front of all those people. And Jesus was watching him. Bible says his eyes looked at the eyes of Peter. And he just denied. In fact, the Bible says he cursed Jesus Christ. He cursed Jesus Christ. Completely get rid of it. But the time came. The Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit on the Pentecostal day poured out upon him. Bible says he stood up among the other disciples and began to preach. And the only book that he was mentioning is book of Joel. And he was testifying today. You have seen the fulfillment of book of Joel that the Holy Spirit came upon us. And although I denied Jesus Christ, although I cursed Jesus Christ, but today my life is restored. My life is filled with Holy Spirit. Now I'm standing as a living testimony because I see that Jesus Christ is risen, not only here, but in my life. And he baptized 3,000 people. Why? Because his life became spirit-filled life. If you are here today, sitting with pain and agony in your life because of the past life. If you are sitting here with burden-hearted, if you are sitting here, Lord, please hook me up because my life is quite messed up and Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, will make you, will make your messed up life as a message. Sister Ellen Jewett says, in Review and Herald, Review and Herald, 10th June, 1902. Sister Ellen White says in Review and Herald in the next slide, you will see the religion of Christ means much more than the forgiveness of sin. It means taking away our sins and filling the vacuum with the Holy Spirit. It means divine illumination. Rejoicing in God. It means a heart emptied of self and blessed with the abiding presence of Christ. What do you mean by restored lifestyle? What do you mean by spirit-filled lifestyle? Is because it is not simply the sin has gone out. Rather, says it means taking away our sins and asking the Holy Spirit to fill in the place of sin. Now, God has restored me. God has filled me with his spirit. Therefore, the sinful heart is taken away and the Holy Spirit is in my heart now. It means a divine illumination, rejoicing in God. Spirit filled life. And number three, 
And number three, what are the blessings of the true revival? Number one, restored lifestyle. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm no longer a forsaken person. Nobody can reject me. Nobody can deject me. Nobody can forsake me. My God is with me. My life has been revived. Restored lifestyle. And number two, Holy Spirit filled lifestyle. I'm not simply seeing the sinful life without hope, but I am, my vision is about Jesus Christ. My vision is upon the burden of Jesus Christ. My vision is upon the burden of our church. And number three, Christ-dependent lifestyle. Third one, Christ-dependent lifestyle. Joel 2, 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I was depending upon money. I was depending upon my employment. I was depending upon people. But now my dependence is upon Jesus Christ. So it is no more dependent life upon the people, upon the world. But my life now, my lifestyle is now Christ-dependent life. Why? Because Prophet Joel says, now it shall come to pass. All the past thing is gone. But now it has come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in the Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Brothers and sisters, our lives should be based upon the power of Jesus Christ. Our lives should be based on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Our life should be revived. We should walk as a revived person, not discouraged, demotivated, moody, dejected person. But we have to lift our shoulder on high. Now I am filled with the spirit. Now I am revived. I am restored. So my life is completely dependent upon Christ. His life is in me and I am abiding in him. So I am not alone. Christ is in me. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not me who is living, but Christ is living in me. Therefore, I will not be discouraged whatsoever happened around me. You may see something bad in the church. You may see something discouraging in the church, but never give up. Christ is in you. As long as Christ is in you, your life is based and dependent upon Christ and Christ himself. That's the blessing of a true revival. Every revived person will be different than the other person. Every revived person will be restored than the other people. Every revived person will never be like other person who is walking dejected and dependently, but they are Christ-dependent person and Holy Spirit-filled lifestyle.
There is a book called Prayer written by Ellen G. White. On page 35, Prayer written by Ellen G. White. And it says here, if you see that uh, slide, Prayer. Don't have to pass What is it? Then Psalms uh, 57 2. I'm sorry about it. Psalms 57 uh, 2. It says, I cry out to you, most high God, to you, my God, who will fulfill your purpose for me. What do you mean by Christ dependent lifestyle? When we cry out to the Lord in the time of discouragement, when you cry out to the Lord in the time of dejection, here is the blessings of revival. Most high God, to you, my God, who will fulfill your purpose for me. You will send help from heaven to re rescue me. My God, you will send forth your unfailing love and faithfulness. That's what Psalm says. Today is the fourth meeting. I beg you, pray to the Lord. Ask Lord in the name of Jesus to send the Holy Spirit upon you so that our lives will be restored. Our lives will be Holy Spirit filled life and our lives will be Christ dependent life. I don't know how many of you have heard Adoniram Judson. Adoniram Judson. His life completely with trials. He was an atheist. He didn't believe God. He didn't believe God. When I read about the article, I was really shaken up. Of course, my daughter introduced this, then I went for a further search and found some more interesting things. Jetson was the first missionary to Burma from United States. He was the first missionary to Burma. He collected some money. Although he was an atheist, because of difficulties and trials, he found Jesus Christ. And he began to love Jesus Christ and sacrifice his life, uh, life for Jesus Christ. And he decided to go to Burma. In Burma, at the time, communism was ruling. That communist country at the time, no God. You can't preach God, other God. You can't praise uh, Jesus Christ particularly. But this man and his wife went there. And he was arrested. He was arrested there. No food. But one day, you can see in the next picture, secretly his wife entered into the room. This happened in Burma. And gave a flat pillow. At least lean on it. Because you will die very soon. And she gave him a flat white pillow. Although he went from America to Burma, 
His imprisonment was completely confidential. Nobody knew where Jackson was. If you have time, go check about his life. In that white pillow, he translated New Testament in Burmese language. He learned the language and he is the first to translate Burmese language, uh, English Bible to Burmese language. For 12 years, for 12 years, he did not win even one soul. But on the 13th year, eight people were baptized. No food, no money, with fasting and eating some, some leaves and fruits and vegetables, drinking that river water. He was going house to house secretly and preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. I'm just sharing with you about Jetson's story, how Christ-dependent lifestyle will be. 13 years, only eight people were baptized. But his history says he died there. But before his death, his history says he baptized 8,000 people altogether in his life, in Burma itself. 8,000 people he baptized because he did not give up. He did not give up. He may be in the prison or he may be facing some difficult times. But still, he and his wife stood for Christ. Their lives were filled with the Spirit. Their lives were filled with restored lifestyle. So although 12 years they were waiting for one soul, they didn't give, get one soul, but 13th year, eight soul. But before the end of the year, all together, he baptized 8,000 people because of the blessings, because of the power of revival. Blessings, sisters, I am done. Just pray to the Lord. Lord, I don't know how long I'm going to live in this world. I don't know what's my lifespan in your hand. You are blessing on our birthday. But yesterday evening, my wife's uncle died because of Corona in New Delhi. We prayed for him. There are so many things are happening. But when we go to Christ, Lord, I'm smiling now, but I'm not sure tomorrow. But as long as I live, please revive me, O Lord. Restore my life. Let those four locusts Go away from our church. May our lives be restored. May our lives be filled with the Holy Spirit. May our lives be dependent upon Christ so that whenever we feel dejected and disgraced, we will call upon the Lord and the Lord will strengthen us by the Holy Spirit. May our prayers, may our zeal, may our passion for the revival be to the glory of God. Amen.
possible and we'll have our closing prayer. Our Father in heaven, we come to your holy presence, dear Lord. We thank you for the book of joy. Lord, at the last days, there are four kinds of locusts eating the church, dear Lord. But we thank you that now we all have determined to receive the revival. God in heaven, we do understand that's the greatest need in our lives that we have to look for. God in heaven, we also did understand that it is not you who's not ready, but it is we who are not prepared. But dear Lord, we sincerely apologize for all those laziness. But we come to your holy presence now, dear Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your word. Fill us with your passion. Fill us with your mission. So that, dear Lord, we will walk us restored. We will walk as spirit-filled people. And we will walk as Christ-dependent people. Thank you so much, dear Lord, for the hope. Thank you so much for the vision, dear Lord. There were many times we were discouraged. 
There are many times so many things really offended us and hurt us, dear Lord. But today, in spite of all these things, in spite of negative influences, in spite of so many opinions and prejudices, we come to your holy presence. Mold us, dear Lord. Make us and shape us and use us for your cause. God in heaven, when we die, when we close our eyes once for all, help us to close our eyes, believing and trusting that I glorified my Lord. I pleased my Lord. Please bring revival in Chelmsford, in Basildon, in Braintree, and in Malden, among all the regular visitors, dear Lord. Help us to shine for you and for your task. Thank you so much, dear Lord. If there is anyone here not feeling well, if there is anyone struggling for employment and salary, if there is anyone really passing through some peer pressure and difficult times in the family, in the name of Jesus, dear Lord, please help them. Let them move forward with the strength of Jesus Christ in their lives, dear Lord, so that they will not fall, but rather they will be lifted up and be strengthened. Thank you for hearing our prayers, O Lord. Thank you for reviving us. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. Thank you for giving Jesus Christ as our strength and our hope. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, Amen and Amen. May the grace of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, and the love of our Heavenly Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, may abide with each and every one of us today and forevermore. Amen and Amen. It is now my pleasure to thank all of you for those who have taken part this morning in the Sabbath school and in the divine service. Uh, we pray that uh, you will be blessed as, we, as you serve. Uh, not forgetting that uh, put their clocks back one hour this evening and uh, also for our community services program at 3.30 this afternoon. Now, there won't be a breakout Zoom at the moment, at this time. Uh, this is your opportunity. If you want to unmute, you can express your best wishes uh, to the pastor and to his wife, Peachy. It's okay. That's enough. And best. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for this to all the churches,
Thank you. 